Hey everyone and welcome to the Shiro Editor's Corner, a completely new and unscripted series of mini-casts with your hosts Dave and Peter. Come join your elder Shiro's as we reminisce on our favorite Saturn memories in this new and nostalgia-packed podcast series. Hey everyone, this is Saturn Dave and I've got Peter with me. How's it going, Peter? Pretty good. How are you doing, my friend? <laughs> it's actually been a really overwhelming work week. <laughs> I'm not going to oh, yeah. lie. Been really, really busy and we're getting ready for PRGE. So there's a lot of irons in the fire for that, you know, things that need to get done. But, you know, I can't complain. Uh, I'm really excited to be doing this podcast with you because uh, it's a fun one we have planned. And we were supposed to record last week, but poor Peter, you got sick. So, you know, I'm just glad that you're feeling a little better and able to do this. Yeah, just caught a bit of a really nasty cold. And, you know, it kind of took my voice out for a lot longer than I thought it would. And so, yeah, so we're you know, a little bit late recording this one, but just glad that we're finally able to sit down to do it. So excited about that. Absolutely. Well, you know, the reason I say I'm excited for this, and this is going to be like a fun one, because rather than, you know, our usual talking about our memories of something specific or covering a specific game, we've decided to do a pop quiz this mm. time. Uh, both Peter and I, I mean, I like to think of myself as someone who knows a fair bit about Saturn. And I don't think I know anyone else I mean, well, yeah, there are other folks out there, but Peter knows a ton about Saturn, you know, so wouldn't it be a great idea if we both prepare like a set of 10 questions, you know, uh, and we take it in turns to uh, pop these uh, quiz questions on each other and see how we do. Okay. And, uh, you know, I don't even have a scorecard <laughs> around or anything, but uh, maybe we'll do that in post. Do you have a piece of paper or something? I'm sure. Uh, you know, I could I could probably write it on my phone. I didn't even think oh, about yeah, that. That's... Check it off if it's something that you are able to answer. And then if it's not, then I'll just like leave it on there. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I've got my questions ready. Uh, some of them are, I think, fairly straightforward. And some of them you'd really have to know the sort of meat and potatoes of the Saturn to, to answer. So I'm kind of excited to see how this uh, how this plays out. Okay. Yeah. And in full disclosure, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get some of these wrong. You know, like I'm not that confident that I know everything about Saturn, but I think that it would be just interesting to see what you come up with, you know, and, and vice versa. So, you know, I'm just, we'll see how this goes, you know, and, and here's the rule. The only rule is, is you prepare these 10 questions. We're going to take it, you and me, one after another, and then we're allowed to either answer the question outright, uh, if we think we have the answer, or we're allowed to like ponder the answer uh, and kind of, you know, come to an educated guess, I would say, based on information that we kind of have rattling around in our brain. But if we really know that we don't know the answer, then we just concede to that and you give us the answer, you know, or I give you the answer. Yep. And when we can talk about it a little bit, we can discuss. OK, so uh, would you like me to go first? Um, how about I start us off? Why not? Go ahead. OK, Dave, this is the first one. Um, you should be able to get this, I hope, if you kind of give it some thought. The pressure is on now. Which, uh, which third party publisher... Uh, put out the most games on the Saturn in North America. Which third-party publisher put out the most games? Mm -hmm. Like, Sega put out the most, of course, because it was their their horse. But uh, which third-party publisher in North America would have put out the next uh, the next highest amount? 
am I allowed to look at my collection? <laughs> you know what? Would you believe that I don't know that off the top of my head? I would. I'm going to guess. Okay, I'm going to guess yeah. a claim. And you are correct. Yeah, am I am I correct? Yes. Oh my goodness! Yes. Wow. Okay. And they were uh, closely followed by Electronic Arts, EA Sports, but a claim oh, yes. was. Number one. So yeah, we'll see because guess. they didn't really mind what they put out there, right? <laughs> oh, right. They put out some really great games, and then they put out some some not so great games. You know, these are the guys that put out, um, you know, Galactic Attack and Darius Gaiden, and they're also the the guys that put out the Crow. So you know, wow, they covered the spectrum. So yeah, acclaim is definitely the right answer. So one point for you. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I got one right. Okay, next question. In March of 1995, Sega of America CEO Tom Kalinske announced the launch date for Sega Saturn. What was that announced date and what was the actual date of Saturn's launch? Okay, so the announced date I would think was Saturn Day and that was going to be in September of 95. Oh, which day in September? It's either the 2nd or the 9th. Bingo. Is it the 2nd? 2nd. September oh, 2nd. Okay. 1995. And then, and then the date that it actually ended up being was, of course, May 11th, 95. You got it. It's out there. Yes. Oh, May 11th, 1995. It. It's okay. out there. You got it. Excellent. Right. So, I mean, everybody knows by now, this is like probably the most cliche story in Saturn history is the uh, Saturn Day mm -hmm. planned launch and then the early surprise launch at E3, 95. Yes, they surprised themselves right into a bad, <laughs> uh, bad launch situation. That's for sure. Okay, your turn. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, what would you say? Which game would you say? This is a little tougher. Which game would you say was the first appearance of Sonic the Hedgehog on the Saturn? The first appearance of Sonic the Hedgehog on the Saturn. Okay, I think at one point I would have been tempted to say. Sonic into Dreams on the Christmas Nights demo, but I know that's not true. He appears in Bug? He does. But it's not even that? It's No, there's something even even earlier than that. Even earlier than that that Sonic appears in. Uh... Well, Bug's a great guest because that was his second appearance. So Oh, that was his second appearance. Okay, so I gotta go, I gotta go way back. Was he in a stall? No. Oh, I think I got to concede this one. Okay, so we're going to have to dig into the Japanese library for his very first appearance. Okay, here's the deal. Uh, this is rattling somewhere in the back of my brain because I think you told me this one time, but uh, go ahead. So it, it, it was in a 1994 game called Gale Racer. Oh, that counts? Yes, you're right. That actually did release, you know what? I even was thinking about that, the little key, the That's little uh, yep. keychain thing. That's right. And I didn't realize that that came before Bug. Yeah. But I mean, I guess you're right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of okay. A... That that counts against me though. I that you can't give me that point. Yeah. So. Gale Racer, excellent. It's a bit of a yeah. That's question. or Radmobile, right? Radmobile. That's right. Yeah, you got it. You yeah. ever watch Encino Man? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the next one. Uh, question number two. Sony's infamous response to Saturn's surprise launch was a simple price quote of $299, undercutting Sega by a hundred bucks. Who said $299? Oh, I want to say Steve Race. 
Yes. Oh. Steve Race. And who was Steve Race? Wasn't he their, um, the head of their, oh, come on, Peter. This is bonus. You, you got the answer correct. Oh, but, but for bonus know, points, who was Steve Race before Sony? Oh, my goodness. I should know this. And as soon as you say it, I probably will say, oh, of course. And I'm drawing a blank right now. He was Sega's. Was he? Um, was he like a VP at Sega? I can't remember. Marketing. Sega of <sighs> no America. Way. That's right. Of course he was. And yes. he jumped ship and went over to over to the enemy. To Sony, and then yeah, dropped the right. two ninety nine price. He was president of Sony. Of, yes, of yes. President of Sony of America. Yes, isn't that funny? But you got that right because you did say Steve Race. Okay, so fair enough, good fair job. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Peter's got two, and I've got one. So far, you're ahead. So I'm not sure that I actually made my questions in any sort of like ascending order of difficulty. So there might be some that are tougher, some that might be easier. But um, here's one that. I think you're probably going to get. So there were only two Saturn games out of the entire world library that utilized a combination of CD and ROM cartridge. So I'm not talking about RAM expansion, like one megabyte, four megabyte. I'm talking about actual ROM dedicated cartridges. What two games were they? Well, I think one was King of Fighters 95. That's right. Yes, that was one of them. I think the other one was Ultraman. It sure was. Yeah, you got it. Absolutely. Yeah. And King of Fighters okay. 95 came out in Japan as well as in uh, Europe, whereas Ultraman was exclusive to Japan only. But yeah, those were the only two games that used both CD and cartridge at the same time. So and nice. it was a ROM cart, like you said, so it actually had game data on Correct. it. And so without that, game, game just wouldn't run. run. Yeah, and it, you know, it had... Uh, you know, textures and, and other things in there so that uh, load times would be reduced, you know, so that it would be nice and playable. And that's about it. But yeah, those were the two games that uh, that took advantage of that sort of multimedia uh, setup. Cool. OK, wait. So is it two and two right now? Yeah, because I've only asked. OK, so, yeah, it's neck and neck right now, but you're about to overtake, right? <laughs> okay. well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not sure. <laughs> OK, question three for Peter. Who was the principal designer for the Sega Saturn hardware? Well, I would have to say that that would be Hideki Sato. If ding, 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 ding. Good. <laughs> right yep. on. Yeah, he, you he got designed it. most of Sega's hardware, didn't he? Like, what a guy. And he ended up mm -hmm. becoming the uh, president of Sega in the uh, early 2000s just for a short little while. So, yeah. Exactly. Props to him, Good. See, for sure. Yeah, I'm starting easy for you, and then we're going to ramp up the difficulty. But, okay, so Peter's sitting at three. I'm I'm still behind at two. So uh, go ahead, hit me with the next one. All right. Um, this one has to do with cartridges as well. It's a little bit tougher, though. Um, what single Western game, both released in Europe and North America, uh, was actually compatible with the four megabyte cartridge? Now, I will say this, though. It's not advertised on the box or anywhere else because the four megabyte cartridge was never released in North America. But nevertheless, if you've got one and you plug it into your Western Saturn and pop in this game, the cartridge will work. Do you know what game that is? Hmm. That's a tough one. <laughs> and when you say it will work, you mean that it will render some kind of enhanced functionality? Correct, yes. I do not know the answer, but I'm going to take an educated guess. Is it Marvel Super Heroes? That is correct. 
Wow. Okay. That is the game. Well done. I actually did not know that. I, 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 I thought, you know, that's got to be the best chance, my best chance, because I know that the the game in Japan uses the expansion cart. So mm -hmm. I figured, OK. Yep. Yeah. So. Yep. So the code was cool. left in. So, of course, it's not advertised on the box. It doesn't say anything about it in the manual or anything like that, but it will work. It does add some animations that had to be cut um, if you don't have the cartridge. So, yeah, you get a better experience if you use the four megabyte uh, expansion cartridge with Marvel superheroes. So well done, Dave. Cool. Awesome. OK, three and three. Am I right? I, I think, think so. Oh, so, yeah. I'm yeah. kind of just keeping score as we go, but I'm not writing it down. Um, OK, so number four for Peter. Here it comes. When it comes to the US Longbox Saturn games, what one publisher had a reputation for supplying its own cheap materials to save a buck rather than sourcing them from SOA as other publishers did. Oh my gosh, that would have to be a claim. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And you know, I, I, I will not forget the first time I bought it came in MK2 and it came in um the blister uh, Darius Gaiden, I think. Yeah. And there were, I'm sure others. And I remember opening and thinking, what the heck is this? And it was this flimsy, cheap piece of plastic. And anyways, I've personally replaced all of mine. Right. Because I can't handle them. But yes. Yeah. Um, How do you feel? Doesn't that make you, I feel conflicted about that because like half of me is like, no, that's not accurate. You know, that's a, technically you've, you've made this copy not accurate. How would yes. this be graded by WADA? You know, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, not really, though. But but at the same time, I'm like, I just can't deal with those cheap injected molded like blister pack, yep. you know, yep. backing inserts. Those things are so and it's not even just that. It's the paper. They wouldn't use paper that was to code. They would mm -hmm. use this really cheap paper stock that would oxidize much faster than any other Saturn games on your shelf. So all the acclaimed titles are yellow. Uh, if you look at them, they've all uh, they all need to be retro brighted, which I don't think works on paper. <laughs> well, I mean, technically it does. It's called leaving it in the sun and having it bleached. But uh, but no, yeah. If you, if you look at your long boxes, if you happen to uh, live in North America, you'll see that many of the acclaimed titles have gone yellow a lot sooner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As a result. You know, and I've, like I said, I've replaced all of mine, but in retrospect, I'm, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. Like I've made them less authentic, but the way I kind of justify it to myself is um, the actual official sort of uh, disc trays, they hold that paper backing in place a lot better. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's how I'm justifying it to myself. Yeah, I justify <laughs> it as this is what Sega wanted you guys to do and you didn't yeah, do it. Fair. <laughs> so, you know, yep, so, okay, you got it. Uh, you're ahead again. Okay, well, I'm going to ask you one, and this is kind of one of my tougher ones. Ugh, okay. Okay, I'm going to try right, real Dave. hard. Got to think. What was the last year that brand new, and not like new old stock, but just brand new Saturns were sold at retail anywhere in the world? I want to say that it was 2001. <laughs> I, 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 I'm guessing. I'm sorry. Well, okay. I So the answer that I've got is 1999. Okay. So the last Saturns were actually produced in 1998. That was the last time that they rolled off the production lines. But then Sega released a Derby Stallion Skeleton Saturn 
uh, set in uh, 1999, uh, late March, actually, to coincide with that game coming out. So there was a special pack where you could buy a Saturn, a Derby Stallion Saturn, along with um, along with uh, uh, the game in uh, March of 99. So that was the last time that they were actually in retail. Mm. It wasn't like, you know, uh, new old stock or anything like that. So, but like so. Tech Toy didn't uh, continue create uh, pumping out Saturns into the 2000s in Brazil. Believe it or not, no, okay. they didn't. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. So that that one I didn't. Ninety nine was ninety nine was the end of the line for that. So I know you know it's surprising because with the Dreamcast it went on for years and years and years after you would think it right. did, but not so with the Saturn. So so wait with the set. You know what I think though kind of confuses me on that one. I'll, I'll admit is that in Japan they continue to publish games into the 2000s for the they Saturn. Sure did. Yeah. But they, but you're right. The hardware itself, uh, yeah. they didn't probably need any more Saturns because the install base was already there, and not yeah. many more people were going to be picking up new ones. So yeah, okay. Wah wah. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. So that was a tough one. But I'm glad. Hey, now I know. Uh, yeah. The more you know. Okay. So number five to Peter. In the classic 1996 game, Nights into Dreams, what words does Riala exclaim at the introduction of his boss battle? Oh my gosh. Okay, I almost feel like this is a trick question. And I also feel that if I don't get this, I need to massively hang, hang my head in shame. Because this is my favorite yes, you do. video game of all time. <laughs> this is no trick question. It, it Okay, so here's how I'm going to answer it. For, for a long time, I thought that he said something along the lines of there is no knights but I also recall reading interviews with I can't remember who now so there's some obscure fact that's coming coming to my mind right now that he doesn't actually say anything in particular he's just kind of um, uh, vocalizing like it doesn't actually mean anything that's not the answer though Oh, really? He actually does say something in Nightopian. Okay, then you... Do you know what it is? Can you guess? Oh, my goodness. Uh, hmm. I'm going to fail this, I think. What would he actually be saying in Nightopian? Uh, you know, I don't know. I have no idea. He says, Betty Chinoa. Betty Chinoa Knights. Which is uh, apparently... Come at me, knights. Let's go, knights, or whatever. Oh, um, wow. So yeah, it it is. Uh, I'll give you half credit though, because uh, that's a little. That little factoid is is true. Everybody thought that he just says there is no knights, you know, and there was some kind of mm. rip on knights, you know. But it it was actually just uh, gobbledygook uh, nightopian language, you know. Interesting. So yeah, B E D I C H A N O A. Bedichinoa is the word that he utters. So uh, now you know. Oh my goodness! And now we are what tied? I think we must be yeah, again. Or no, you're. I think you're still a point up. <laughs> well, this this is the first one I've missed, and you got the date one incorrectly. So we might be tied here. Okay. Mm. All right. I'm ready for yours. Okay. There were only three games released with peripherals in the U.S. where you got both the game and the peripheral in like one package. What were those three games? Okay. And this isn't a trick question. Nope. Not a okay. trick question. So the first one would be Virtua Cop with the gun. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. The stunner. I don't know. It wasn't called the Virtua Gun here, which would have made more sense. But anyway. Okay. So yeah. the Saturn stunner. Um, 
The next one I'm going to jump ahead because I'm pretty sure of this would be Sega Rally and the Netlink cart came together. There was a big box. It was a Netlink and then packaged in you had uh, Sega Rally and Virtual on nope. within nope. the same box. Um, but if that wasn't on your list, then that's <laughs> then I've got two more to guess. Um, let me see. Could it have been Panzer Dragoon's Vi and the Mission Stick? Nope. No? Okay. Uh, I don't know that the arcade racer was ever packaged with anything. Um, so yeah, these answers aren't really trick questions. If you just think of the library, they're not, you know... Right. You might have stumped me. I'm trying to think of all the other peripherals that there are. Let's see here. Hmm. Oh, of course, Nights into Dreams with the 3D that's control pad. That's another one, yeah. Okay, see, now, <laughs> that's so funny because I would, I'm not thinking of controller, like a, a standard like controller that would put, be put in your hands as like a peripheral, but it is. Yeah, no, it was a special controller. Yeah. So I've got two there. The virtual gun. That's two out of three. I got uh, the, the, the 3D control pad. Okay, now think. Let's see. Um, I'm not sure if any games ever shipped with the backup cart. Uh, I don't think so. I know I know some of those games came with like stickers for the cart, but not right. That's true. Yes. So think of one other game that would have been released with a peripheral. So you've got Virtua Cop and you've got Knights, but there was one other game that shipped, you know, both separately as well as with yeah. the peripheral for for the yeah. game. Yeah, and I'm cheating honestly. I'm looking over at my game shelf and I'm thinking to myself, which one could that be? And it's just not coming to me. I'm gonna feel so stupid when you tell me. Hmm. People listening are probably shouting it. <laughs> well, oh, what could could there have been? Was there a like a virtuous stick along with the virtual fighter? No. 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 Okay. I I can't think of it at this moment, so I have to give up and, and let you tell folks. So it was actually Virtual Cop Two, Virtual Cop One, and Virtual Cop Two each released. Either standalone or with a stunner gun. Okay. So Virtual Cop One, Virtual Cop Two, and Nights into Dreams were the three games that you could either get separately or with a um, peripheral. And it's funny that you brought up the Netlink because the Netlink game pack, which had Sega Rally and Virtual on, was actually sold separately from the rest of the kit. Like you could get a Netlink separately from those from those two games. They're two separate boxes. So um, I'm going to challenge you on that. <laughs> I still say I, I didn't get the question right because I didn't answer the. Well, the they're getting tricky now. I mean, you got two out of three. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, that's definitely partial points. But definitely, like, if anything, I hope folks learn something from this, you mm. know, because that's what this that's the point here is. No, I'm, you know, I, I defer. I defer. Um, <laughs> but I will check that afterwards. I feel kind of silly for it taking me so long to get the 3D control pad, though. <laughs> like my my wavelength, I was just not on that wavelength. Uh, yeah. Okay, so you ready for the next one? I'm ready. Okay, okay, here we go. What pair of Saturn games were actually hidden unlockable features, and what commercially released Saturn games could they be found in? Oh my, okay. Air. I want to say Death Tank probably is one, and that would be found in copies of, uh, well, at least Duke Nukem 3D and Quake, possibly even Power Slave. 
You know what? There were two death tanks, weren't there? There was a death tank and a death tank Zvi. You're getting there? Yeah, so I'm thinking that So what game was death tank in? See, that must have been Power Slave then. Right. Right. And then the uh, and the second one would have been in the in the uh, the next two releases, uh, which is Duke Nukem and just Duke Nukem, not Quake, really. No, just Duke Nukem. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's I I just learned something. To I did the not know to the that. best of my knowledge, unless somebody can prove me wrong, but I believe it was just Duke Nukem 3D. Um, they skipped over Quake with that, but um, but yeah, so Death Tanks Vi is unlocked. So you got it. I I'll, I accept uh, that answer. Uh, yeah, Death Tank is unlockable in Power Slave. And then it's a sequel, which uh, is up to 10-player multi. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it six or is it 10? I think it supports a full 10-player multi-tap. Um, it's a tank game. You know, you fire artillery at each other. It's very simple, very crude, but it's a lot of fun. But it's very addicting, isn't it? It's Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, okay, so you you got it. Oh, man. See, and I made some of my questions insanely difficult just because I know you know stuff. So, <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to, I'm prepared to lose this match to you. <laughs> but, uh, but no, this is fun. I'm having fun. So go ahead, hit me with your best shot. Fire away. Okay, so Dave. You know, everybody knows that the Saturn had hundreds of games more in Japan than ever came out in in North America or. Or in Europe, right? Yes. And there's so many games that we all wish would have been translated that hadn't been and so on and so forth. But there was one game that came out in the West that actually had two official English translations. One in North America, one in Europe. And they were different. They were done completely independently and, you know, so same game but two completely different official translations. Which game is that? Shining Wisdom? Yes, it is Shining Wisdom. <laughs> well done. Okay, wow. That, that I had to pull that out of the cobwebs, honestly. <laughs> and I and I thought you were about to say that I was wrong. No, no, yeah. no, that's correct. Yes, so uh, Working Designs translated the North American game, and Sega Europe independently translated the European game. So, yep, same game and two completely different trans... You know, completely different. It's the same game, so you know you're going through the same story, but you can. Uh, folks who are not a fan of working designs probably prefer the PAL version, right? Yeah, so the PAL version sticks a lot closer to Shining Lore, and they're using the correct names and so on and so forth. Right. However, it is riddled with grammatical inconsistencies and errors and mistakes that you actually didn't find in Working Designs' release. So, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. I can't really say that one's better than the other, but yeah, two official but different translations. So well interesting. Wow. Okay, cool. <laughs> Seat in my pants there. Um, okay, so question seven for Peter. How many games supported the US Netlink modem and what games were they? Oh my goodness gracious. Okay. So count on your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There weren't, you know, 20 plus. Right. <laughs> so we had Duke Nukem 3D. We had Saturn Bomberman. That's two. From Sega, we had Sega Rally Netlink, Daytona Netlink, and uh, Virtual on Netlink. That's five. Sega Touring Car supported it as well. Ding, Not necessarily. Ding. For... <laughs> Is that it? That's you it, isn't it? it? You got it. That's six games six in total. Off. And uh, yeah, you one know, of them was just kind of supported without mentioning that it was supported. 
Yeah, really. And that's funny because, you know, most people don't think of that as a Netlink game. And yes, you can't race head to head, I suppose, but, but, uh, but it, but is it the... still supports the peripheral, you know? Yes. Yes. I guess if you wanted to, now we could say also the planet web browser, but that's not really a game. So I didn't. Include yeah, it. that's fair. That's more of an application. How's that? Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. okay. Well, you're just rocking and rolling, Peter. Ugh. All right. I'm ready for the next one. Um, Everybody knows that Magic Knight Ray Earth is the last game to come out in North America for the Saturn, but that was actually a third-party game. Dave, what is the last Sega-released game to come out here on the Saturn? Shiny Force 3. Yes. Oh, too easy. Too easy. You got it. Of course, it was not the full game. <laughs> it was not the full game. No, sadly, it wasn't. I uh, wish that they had translated the other two officially, but, you know, luckily there are fan translations out there that uh, folks can play the other two scenarios. And, the and they should play the other ones. They, oh, should, so <laughs> they should play Night of Dragons. They should not play the one that we got because uh, you won't really know what the heck is going on. <laughs> they changed the, changed the ending and yep. changed a bunch of the dialogue and names and stuff to try to make it this like you know mm -hmm. self-contained experience but then it just ends up not making sense you know yeah you, so, you yeah. know there's more there and you wish that you could you know get more and you can nowadays but yeah definitely back in the day that was a frustration so all right i'm ready for your next one hit me okay sgl also known as sega 3d game library and sometimes called sega graphics library was used in the making of polygonal 3d games on saturn what library was typically used in the making of 2D sprite-based games? Oh, wow. 2D. Oh, my goodness. I mean, oh, jeez. You know, there's, you know, I'm thinking of things like Soft and Maj. I'm thinking of things like... Uh, well, this is just a development library. So I'll give you a hint it's that it's very similar to SGL. At least similar in name. Mm, I think you've 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 dug up something super obscure that I'm blanking on right now. You give up? It's probably Sega something library. But what is that something? Sega what? So you had SGL for three D stuff, and then what did you have for two D stuff? I mean, my goodness, was it something like the Sega Design Library or whatever? Oh, you're like a couple letters off. Oh. SBL, Sega Basic Library. No kidding. Oh, wow. Yep. Wow. Oh, my. But, okay, okay. Yeah, you were close. SDL, though. Like, I mean, yeah, no, uh, you know. Sega Design Library. Oh, it's very close, you know. No it's, cigar it's on warm. this one for me, though. My goodness. That's uh, I, I appreciate these these ones that are really making me kind of scratch my head because there is still much I must learn. So so thank you for that. Um, here's one for you. I think this is relatively easy, but it could be one of those things that just goes over people's heads sometimes. There was a game uh, that was released in North America that had to eventually be pulled and reissued due to copyright infringement. And so there is this, there's one game that's been essentially released twice under different names. What is that game? That would be Mystaria, um, which I guess infringed upon uh, 
Mistara. Uh, okay, so you had Mistaria, and I think it became Blazing Heroes. Yes. But it's better known as Riglord Saga in Japan. Right. Yes, correct. Yeah, so we... so. I think that Mistaria is graded slightly higher in terms of value. Mm. Um, it, it might be negligible, but they're, they, like you said, they pulled it and then they rebranded it Blazing Heroes in the U.S. So there's probably more copies of Blazing Heroes out there than there are of Mistaria. Mm-hmm. Um, folks should try this game. I mean, it doesn't look great. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of like... Uh, Guardian War is it on the on the 3DO? It's it, well, it's like this very janky looking 3D isometric uh, RPG akin to Shiny Force Three, but of course Shiny Force Three is miles better in my opinion. But still, there's something to there's something to enjoy here. With the music is is phenomenal, and uh, yeah, don't you agree? Do you like uh, oh yeah, do you like Nostaria? It's it's a fun game. Whichever whichever version folks play it, like the differences mm-hmm. are super super minimal. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's essentially names, you know, like right. uh, the, the title of the game is different. The The land in the first issue was called Mistaria, but they, you know, changed it to Old Land or whatever. So there were tiny right. little differences that they made, uh, the changes that they made just to make sure that they didn't uh, infringe on the copyright. And the copyright was by the uh, Dungeons and Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons, Dragons. Right? Yeah, Shadows over Mistar, right? So, so you had this Mistaria the realms of lore and then you had shadows over mistara which was the the mm-hmm. dungeons and dragons property yeah. yeah so but definitely that's that is definitely a game that has some solid gameplay uh in it and i mean yeah. you're right it's a little rough around the edges um micro only from a graphics only from a graphics standpoint but if you allow yourself to get carried away if you don't worry about the graphics too much and you just enjoy it for the gameplay it's a good game and there's good mm-hmm. really good music yes agreed yep. yeah yeah, that's a good one. I did not think about that. You know, when I was thinking about some of these questions and trying to find some good, uh, some good trivia questions, that's definitely one that I, you know, might have thought of for mm. you, but I didn't. Yeah, so that's I'm really glad you. So far, I'm really excited that we haven't repeated each other's questions because right. I thought for for sure one of us are going to like repeat the other person's question. The acclaim thing was the closest we came. You know? <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> we we both had acclaim as the answer. Um, all right, okay. Here is your next one. Sega had a history of publishing more mature content than that of its competitor, Nintendo, and this landed them in hot water with the U.S. Senate, eventually resulting in the ESRB ratings board that we know today. However, for a very brief time, Sega applied its own self-policing label to just a select few mature games. What was that label called? Oh my gosh. And I know exactly. And when I say select few, I mean like very select. Very few, few right? You know, I. So this was Sega's own in house, slapped themselves on the hand, kind of like this is our own label to let people know that this is a mature title. Oh my God. Is it the Video Game Rating Council? No. No. Okay. No, you can find this on. You can find. Oh, here's, here's your last hint. You can find it on one commercially released Saturn game and one canceled Saturn game. And you can also find it on a Genesis game. Three games in total. No way. Oh my goodness, on a commercially released Saturn game. Correct, that's sitting on your shelf over there somewhere. Oh wow. So it must be an early release. Moreover, it's one we already talked about. 
in this cast. Oh gosh. Okay. I mean, hmm. And it would have been it would have been a mature rating, hey? Mature rating. Game we've talked about, we've mentioned in this cast. It wouldn't be Power Slave, would it? No, that's not. No, let me just think now. And we've even mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. It wouldn't. It would be first party, I would imagine. It would have to be first party. Oh, now I'm cheating. I'm looking on my shelf. That's fine. You're allowed. And my shelf is like, you know, far away. I'm not gonna. That's okay. You're allowed as long as you're not looking it up on Google or anything. Oh, this is really. So, what mature title have we discussed in this cast? You mentioned Power Slave. It was another game. Was it Duke Nukem? Hmm. Good guess. No way. It couldn't have been. Sure. Wow. And it had its own rating. No, I did not know that. Do you want to go look? <laughs> I kind of do now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go. So... What I've got on the box, though, is an ESBR rating. Right. There's something else there, though? Is it on the back of the box? Your, your time is almost up. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, it's a, there's, like a little, there's like a little logo there, right on the box. Unless the Canadian box is somehow different <laughs> than the U.S. box. Well, now I'm really wondering, because I'm not seeing anything obvious at all. On the Duke Nukem box. You see a little tag that says Deep Water? Yes. Deep Water. That's it. Are you serious? Deep Water. Deep Water was on uh, Eternal Champions, which was canceled for Saturn. Oh. And then it was also on Experts on the uh, Sega Genesis. Genesis. And it was their own little mature rating, Deep Water. Like, don't don't have the kids play in the Deep Water, you know? No way. That yeah, it's pretty... It, 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 it's so it's so obscure. Like like I, I can see why it failed as a label because it's like, what's this? You know, this must just be like a, a middleware company, or it might, must be like just another sure. part of the publishing or something like that. Nope, <laughs> it was a late. It was like a ratings label. No way. Okay, see that got me. I, that I did not know. Well, now you know. Because uh, yeah, I would have absolutely thought that this was just like you know some some developer that maybe lent some support to the development of this software or whatever but but you're right now that i think about it was it, lobotomy that did uh, duke nukem 3d of course yeah. yeah so uh now you know something new <laughs> wow uh you have totally that's amazing that is amazing i did not know that crazy right crazy crazy okay okay well anyway that was good it was good you you know folks now folks know along with us you know <laughs> i'm ready for my next one um what have I not asked you yet? Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about game manuals. So most game manuals, in fact, almost all game manuals were black and white on the inside, mm. with the exception of, of course, working designs. They made theirs full color, everything like that. Mm -hmm. But there was one other manual on a standard North American Saturn game that was full color on the inside that was not a working designs manual. Any idea what that game is? Wow. And I feel like I should know this. Uh, I admit that I would be guessing. 
Well, for what it's worth, it's not a game that's going to make anybody's top 10 list. You know what's funny? I think it's the original pack-in Virtua Fighter. It's color on the inside. It's like fold-out, and it's in color. You know, that's not the answer I thought of, but you're actually absolutely right. Virtua Fighter, the original pack-in, did have a sort of color fold-out poster slash manual, so I mean, hmm. that's not incorrect. But that's not the that, answer. That's not what I was looking for. I'm thinking of a just a standard North American long box release that does right. have a full color manual, and it is not... Because all the working designs had that, Okay. but this is not a working designs title, and it's the only one I can think of... That does this. ...that did full color on every page, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, you know, great, great call-out with Virtua Fighter, because, I mean, yeah, in essence, that is... That is correct. My god, I mean, without really being able to look at my games and, like, open them up, I really am just going to be guessing here. And I'm trying to remember back to, like, reading through these manuals. If I ever happened to, you know, notice a game that was like that, uh... Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to stall for time. I think I'm just gonna... I think I'll just put a guess out there, and why don't I go with uh, Scud, the Disposal Assassin? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so the correct answer is Crusader No Remorse. Oh my goodness, seriously? Yeah, they had a... Wow. Like, completely unexpected, right? Like... It wasn't exactly like a super huge, awesome mega release. It wasn't, you know, it was a multi-platform uh, game. And they made but... a huge mistake on the front of that cover. Like they, they made a huge like layer yes. Photoshop layer yes. mistake with the yes. with the stripes behind the yes. behind. Yeah. So, but then on top of all that, they went ahead and published a full color manual. Wow. You stumped me, Peter. I did not know that, but I know it now. <laughs> That's crazy. Super unusual facts, right? So. You know, I think that that proves that I've never actually looked at the inside of Crusader no remorse. <laughs> uh, it's, you I know, probably need to in order to play the game well, but <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. And that's the thing; like manuals were such a thing back then, you know. And they sure were. Working designs took that to the next level, of course, and they did have amazing manuals. Yeah, but yeah, these guys, and you know, there were others that were done in a very sort of stylish way, like Wipeout had. Yeah, a pretty stylish uh, oh, manual, yeah. but they were all black and white, with the and exception of even even Panzer Dragon Saga was in black and white. Um, I was thinking, yeah. I was even thinking for a moment, maybe like, uh, what is that? Warcraft Two? That's another like PC game, but I couldn't mm -hmm. remember. And no, I don't think it was color. So yeah, uh, but Crusader No Remorse that was a that was a PC game, a PC port, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was so crazy. Yes. Never would have guessed. Never would have guessed. That's right? crazy. It's just so out of left field. All Definitely. right, are you ready for this one? Let's do it. All right. What is the name of the unlockable game hidden within Saturn's BIOS where you get to pilot the 3D polygonal spaceship from the Saturn's dashboard screensaver? <laughs> oh, you know, Dave, Dave, <laughs> Dave, I could tell you, but then all the people listening to us are going to go, what? I didn't know. So so let's just do this. Let's reveal it on our website, on SegaSaturnShiro.com, on April the 1st of next year. Okay, because... <laughs> no, you, no, you don't get out that easily. You still have to answer <laughs> what the name is. You can reveal 
uh, what I'm talking about, but you have to you have to tell me what the name is. You know it. So so the name of the spaceship game? Yeah. The name of the the name of the unlockable game hidden in Saturn's BIOS. Oh my gosh. So I'm I'm not sure how to answer this. So You remember, right? You remember the art you remember the, the little blurb in CBG, right? You remember what they called it? What did they call it? Afterburner 3000 AD. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, oh, I'm going to give this one to you cuz I didn't fool you. Like Peter knows exactly what I'm talking about. In an issue of Computer and Video Games Magazine April 1996, April Fools, they published a uh, uh, an April Fools joke where they told everybody that you could pilot this the 3D spaceship in the Saturn's BIOS and so mm-hmm. many folks tried this like code entering in this like really obscure random code, you know, of a uh, combination of buttons, you know. And then we're really pissed off when they found out that it was just an April Fool's joke. <laughs> but you know what? It was a higher quality joke than, you know, for a while there, there was a thing about how a Saturn can play Genesis games, firstly. And secondly, there was the Nude Raider code. Oh, yes. Like to me, you know, that was, yeah, that's, but but this seemed a little bit more believable. Especially since oh, they made screenshots. Y- yes, and I mean, Sega had done this in the past. So. They gave you screenshots, and there was like the rise from your grave. You know, there was like all these like you know little nods to Sega and stuff and like that. They went, well, they went all out. You know, to like make this yeah. thing believable. That's funny. Definitely. So you know, it wasn't just because you know there was some little blurb in there and, and people were foolish. They definitely did. Um, you know, they did do their homework with it. So it was a trick question. It was a trick question, but Peter still got it. Ugh. You didn't get it. You, you didn't get the name, though, but I'm still going to give it to you because, like I say, I didn't I didn't really fool anybody. Afterburner 3000 AD. Mm. Well, I think we've just done all 10 of each of our questions, have we? Oh, because you went first. I went first. Well, um, if, I, if you want, I have a bonus question. I do, too. So I'll ask mine first. You can make up that loss. That, yeah, well, well. <laughs> okay, so this one, you know, it's a bit of an obscure one for sure. Uh, there weren't very many demo discs in North America, but there were a lot more in Europe, actually, and tons and tons in Japan. So, you know, us North Americans kind of missed out. Uh, what one game was featured, like what what demo of a game was featured on a European demo disc, and that game ended up subsequently being cancelled on the Saturn? Okay, we're talking about a game that was featured on one of Europe's demo discs for the magazine? Right. Or it was uh, obtained somehow else? Um... But not OSSM, right? Um, like Saturn, uh, what was that other one? That other magazine? I think Saturn it Power probably. was magazine mounted, yes. This is... Uh, Saturn Power? This memory is repressed. I think it was Saturn <laughs> Power that featured it, yes. But I'm actually, to be honest with you, not 100% on that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was a demo disc that had several, you know, tiny little playable bits of you know, various games. And there was one game there that was scheduled for the Saturn, was in development, they put it on the demo disc, and then it ended up being cancelled and was never released in any region whatsoever. Hmm. But you got a demo of it. Yeah. It was a demo, or was it just video? You mean, was it playable? I'm pretty sure it was 
playable. And it's a sequel to a game that came out on the Saturn, if that helps. Man. Sequel to yeah, Tomb Raider 2. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> no, no, no. No, it was no, uh, not Tomb Raider 2. <laughs> Resident Evil 2. No. <laughs> no, no. Um, it was a sequel, though. Dang. Why does this elude me? Um, wow. I think I give up. So the game that that was on the demo is called Reloaded. Sequel oh. Loaded. And Say what now? Loaded? It was Reloaded. Reloaded was the sequel, yes. yeah. Sequel to Loaded. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And it makes sense because the folks in PAL Territories love that game. I'm, I don't. I'm not a big fan of Loaded, but not like, a fan myself. No, it, it, nope. it did nope. well over there, you know, for yeah, whatever reason. Definitely. Um, yes. So yeah, no, that's crazy. Okay, hey, you know, I learned something new today. Okay, I'm gonna give you one more. Um, I hope that this is accurate. I hope I'm hope I'm not asking you an impossible question, but um, we'll see how you do. <laughs> Name five devices, five peripherals, five pieces of hardware that implement the Saturn's serial port. Wow. Okay, so the floppy disk drive, obviously. Mm -hmm. Check. That's one. The Tizen cable, the battle cable, that's two. Check. Uh, there is a printer device that you can connect to the Saturn. Check. That goes with a program, so that's three. I should know this. There is a... Uh, like a MIDI port mm -hmm. peripheral that you can plug into the serial port. Check. So that you can connect a keyboard and other MIDI devices to the Saturn. Mm -hmm. So that's four. Holy smokes, what else uses that port? Printer. Tizen cable. Uh, floppy disk drive. MIDI adapter oh geez oh my goodness there's a fifth one and i don't know what it is do you know if there's more than five or i don't you, think so or five is the number i don't yeah i don't think there's more than five and i'm trying to think like there's some pretty obscure peripherals out in japan yeah. like there's a pachinko controller there's like a train controller there's all this stuff but None of that, as far as I remember, uses the serial port. Yeah. Yeah, you got you got the MIDI, you got the printer, you got the Tizen cable, you got the floppy disk drive, and... You know, this is going to really pick my brain now, and Game Basic, I'm just looking at some... Uh... That's what it was. It was Game Basic comes with a uh, serial to, like... Um, yeah. Like Saturn serial to PC serial. Yes. Yeah. That is it. Yep. Uh, commercially released. Commercially released. Yeah. Cause game basic and then Koei did their own, which, which uh, did uh, the printer. Right. And so that, those were the two different ones. And then there was the MIDI one, which was right. Um, that, that was for that, that one game that came with that big giant keyboard. Let's make music or whatever mm -hmm. it was called. Yeah. I think and there may have of, actually been two releases that. Right. Waka was the Korean company that made it. that. Um, so one of the printers, and there, like there was a pre-fund printer uh, and then there was like the Canon printer for Edward, you know, and one of them just used mm -hmm. AV for, for the output, but the other one used serial port. Um, so I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That, 
at least one printer counts uh, for that, for using the serial port. But yeah, so um, cool. You did it. You got it. You win the prize of like most knowledgeable Saturn fan. Oh, you know what though? This was really fun because there were a few things that you stumped me with that I learned that I didn't know. Like who would have thought about the deep water logo on Duke Nukem? I, I had no idea. So, yeah. So, you know, you came up with some pretty solid questions. So this was fun. This was a lot of fun. I have to say like you're justified in, in your confusion because even Sam Pettis himself who the scribe, you know, the guy who wrote yeah. service games, the rise and fall of Sega, even he thought that deep water was like a developer name for eternal champions and misquotes it in his book. You know, uh, it, no it refers to deep water as like a developer when in fact it was just, uh, it was just a, a mature, like a little self-policing mature label in that kind of interim period where they hadn't really established you know, um, where basically Sega promised the uh, Congress that they would, uh, you know, right. make sure that they uh, regulated themselves. You know, um, that mm-hmm. was like their pro- promise with a slap on the wrist or whatever. Uh, and then, of course, the ESRB became a thing and the rest is history, you know. But yeah, so it's crazy the things that uh, I mean, it, it was confusing for sure, you know, so. Yeah, no, that's that was wild. That's crazy about Sega Basic Library. That's gonna pick my butt now too. Sega Basic Library. Yeah, hey, um, but now you know. And uh, what was the one I know. that? You, oh yeah, I never, never would have guessed Crusader No Remorse. Wow, you such know? an odd thing, it's, right? It's such an odd thing, true. Because you're right. Like, it was really only you know working designs that spared that expense. You know, to do mm-hmm. full mm-hmm. color. Yeah, well, but uh, yeah, this was this was pretty fun. So. We will have to, at some point in the future, come up with more obscure questions. Or you know what would be fun is if we got sent in obscure questions by uh, listeners that we could both tackle. Because I think that would be a lot of fun, too. If uh, That would be a lot of fun. Right. Assuming, so. uh, uh, d- don't go too hard on us. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm glad that you made, I'm glad that you made them stuff that I, like, I could actually, that I had some chance of getting, you know. I was really surprised that I, that I remembered that about Shining Wisdom. But. Like I say, some of these factoids are just kind of like uh, filed way back in the cobwebs. And I have to be like, hey, you get get over here. I haven't used this piece of information in 10 years, but yeah, I need you now. I'm calling on you now. And neither of us duplicated questions, which was pretty cool, too. Um, You know, we came close with a claim on a couple of them. But but yeah, we each had uh, we each had unique questions. So that's pretty awesome. So, yeah. That was fun. Yeah, definitely. Well, anyway, see everyone listening out there. It's been Saturn Dave and Peter reminding you that you must play your Sega Saturn. And until next time, we'll see you later. We will see you later. And if you don't play your Saturn, you'll be in deep water. (laughs) 